morning and welcome to High Point Church Online. My name is Andy. I'm the lead pastor here. It's great to be here with you this morning, wherever you're worshiping from, uh, whatever city, whatever state, whatever country. Uh, we're thrilled to have you here today uh, here at High Point um, Online. So <clears throat> we're going to be getting into the message today in the book of Galatians here in just a minute. But before we turn there, um, this past summer, uh, I live in the state of Georgia, um, High Point Church. Uh, meets in the state of Georgia, and it gets hot here. And my air conditioning went out this past summer. And, you know, we do what everybody does. We're like immediately, you know, you get the AC or Paramount on the way, but you go and you buy box fans, right? Because it's hot. And, uh, you know, so we, we, we order some box fans online, and then we go to the actual brick-and-mortar store where they have the curbside pickup, which is like the thing. You know, nowadays, you don't have to go inside the store. You just pull up, you know, pop your trunk, and they load the stuff into the back of your trunk. It's awesome. So we buy some box fans, and we roll up to the store. The, the trunk opens up, and the employee comes out with the box fan, and the box puts it in the car. Trunk closes. We drive home, and we're excited to get a little bit of air flowing in our home because it's hot. Only I open the trunk. And I'm tremendously surprised at what I see. I, I have a box fan, in theory. Only this box fan looks like it has been run over by about 14 tanker trucks, okay? It's, it's completely crushed. And I, you know, I pull this box out that's been level and flattened and literally looks like it has tire tracks on it, okay? And I bring it inside and I'm thinking, okay, surely, it must just be the cardboard box. The fan itself must be fine. Who would do such a thing? And well, I open the box up and the fan is completely crushed. And of course I'm frustrated, why? Because there's no possible way an employee at the store, that the one that literally carried it to my trunk and put it in the trunk, there's no earthly way that they couldn't see what they were putting in my car. It was obvious. You couldn't miss it. And so naturally, I drive that thing right back up to the store and about a thousand apologies ensue, right, and take place. And, you know, there's a lot of embarrassment, you know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. The bottom line is this. We care about the manner in which we're cared for. And here I was, now this relationship is transactional, right? And I realize that, but we care even in transactional relationships, we care about the degree and manner in which we are cared for. And I felt like I was not cared for in this manner. We, we, we know this when we go to restaurants, right? And the server's not paying any attention to you. Well, what happens? You get frustrated, right? Like, hey, I'm paying money for this, right? I went out of my way to drive to this store. I ordered it online. I got it loaded in the car and you just put this janky, dinged up, broke down fan that you obviously could see was in terrible condition. I do not feel cared for in this moment. And I'm frustrated by it. We all know the, 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 the power of caring well for one another. We're in a series called Upon This Rock. And the whole series is about the church. 
right? The collective church, we, us, and what God has called us to do and how we can build our life, the church, upon the rock, the rock being Jesus. And we want to live like him and we want to be like him and we want to literally demonstrate him to the world. And one of the ways that we get to do that is the manner and degree by which we care for one another. Turn to Galatians chapter 5 for just a minute today. Paul, the apostle, is writing to the church in Galatia. I'll go ahead and just jump straight into it, and then we'll unpack it a little bit. Uh, You, my brothers and sisters, you were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. We know the degree. Paul is talking to the church here and he's he's, he's addressing some some infighting and and backbiting and then devouring and and there's false teaching that's that's being uh, permeated through the church and there's, there's arguments that are taking place and he's calling everybody to this one thing, to be unified over this one deal, that if you would do this, you would actually fulfill the entire Old Testament. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love each other in humility. Could you and would you just do that? If you'll do that, oh man, will not life go so much better for you? You know what it's like when someone has gone out of their way and has loved you well, cared for you? It might be something as simple as a card. And who even does that anymore, right? That you took the time and wrote a card. That when somebody shoots you a text message and says, hey, thinking of you. Every, every so often, I'll get a message from somebody that's like, hey, Pastor, that message was, you know, blah, blah, blah. Thank you. I, I, thanks for the feedback. I love hearing you know, what's happening is you're trying to, to do it. Encouraged by that. It means a lot to be cared for. Or somebody who just goes out of their way and was like, hey, thinking of you. Every once in a while, Amy will, she'll come home from the grocery store. My love language is gifts. And she'll just have a candy bar, right? Or something that she knows I like or the kids love. And it's like, you thought of me, right? That's how we feel. We love feeling cared for. When's the last time you felt cared for? And here's another question. Who are you caring for? It's not just this one-sided deal where gimme, gimme, gimme. Who are you caring for? Because if we consider the needs of others, right? And that's where our heart is and that's where our mind is out of an honor and love for Jesus. Well, if our focus can be on caring for everyone Well, it's amazing how your needs in that moment also get met because everyone is caring for everyone else. Who are you caring for? Now, pause. I realize I'm offending some of you. I have palm trees on my shirt. I have a paisley handkerchief. Like, this is an offense. I 
I realize that, but it gets hot when I'm preaching. So you're just going to have to deal with this today. <laughs> Look at what the Bible says in John chapter 13, verse 34. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Romans 12, 10. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Above yourself. Galatians 6, 2. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you'll fulfill the law of Christ. Ephesians 4, 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. Ephesians 4, 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Philippians 2, 3 through 4, in humility value others, what above yourselves? Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. 1 Thessalonians 5, 15, always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Hebrews 10, 24, we just keep going and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. 1 John 4, 7, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. By the way, I realize I just fire-hosed you with about 15 verses. But my point is that you can see the measure and degree to which the Bible calls us to love each other, to consider other needs above our own, to, to esteem your fellow brother or sister out of a love for Christ. Do this. Love, 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 love. Care for one another. If you're part of a local church, which if you've put your faith in Jesus, you should be, and you're part of the global church, certainly. But if, you're, if you are part of a local church, you're called to care actionable or gospel action. Another way to say this, this is Pastor Andy's version now, okay? We aren't called to good vibes, well wishes, or nice thoughts. We're called to care for one another. Are good thoughts great? Yes, they are. I love a good vibe. I love a feel. But there's a difference between gospel action that results in caring for one another and just having nice sentiment, thinking of you, well wishes, positive vibes. God has called you and me to care for each other. Now, <clears throat> I've got a movie. I can't show you the clip for copyright reasons because this is online. So I'm just going to explain it to you. It's from, uh, I, mean, this movie pro I mean, this movie has shaped culture. It's a movie called Real Steel with Hugh Jackman, okay? <laughs> it has not shaped culture. It made about $14 at the box office. But I love this movie, right? It's, a, it's basically rock'em, sock'em robots that has been put on, you know, put, put to film. And the, the lead actor is Hugh Jackman, and he, he, he has a son, and he and his, you know, the girlfriend, they had a child way back when, and, and the girlfriend passes away at some point. We, you don't really have all the details for it, but the son who's about 10 or 11 suddenly finds himself at the doorstep of his dad who he doesn't really know. And Hugh Jackman is a retired boxer, 
right? And he has never really been a dad. He's not good at it. You know, he doesn't really want the responsibility. And so you have all the, the natural tensions, right, of a son learning to be with his dad and a dad learning how to be a dad, okay? Makes for a great thing. It's set in the not-so-distant future, and boxing doesn't look like people actually boxing in a ring like flesh and blood. It's people controlling these robots, and the robots box. It's like Rock'em Sock'em robots, right? And it makes for this great boxing movie and film. And, and as you get towards the, the end of the movie, I'm not really telling you anything that you can't see coming, by the way, but the son uh, all of a sudden legally is no longer allowed to live with his dad. And you see them separated after they finally had some bonding moments. And it's this emotional tension. And, and the son is angry and he's hurt and he's broken over his dad. And his dad's not doing a whole lot in this moment. And he has one of those classic kind of passive moments, and he looks at his son and he says, what do you want me to do? And his son looks at him in a movie about boxing, in a movie with a dad who's ripped and cut and knows how to fight, at least in the ring. His son looks at him and he says, dad, I want you to fight for me, that's all I've ever wanted. When I think about caring well, the word care, it's kind of lost in our English languages. And they're like, it doesn't, it doesn't mean a whole lot to us to, to care well. Okay, what a great sermon, Pastor Andy. I need to care well. I need to care enough. Well, let's just put it in a little bit more contemporary language today. What we're really talking about is you dying to yourself and fighting for other people, fighting for their well-being, fighting for their salvation, fighting for their growth, helping fight for their marriage, helping fight through a difficult season with them. You're fighting for people. Who are you fighting for? Who are you caring well for? today. This is the call of God upon the church, upon you and upon me. See, a caring church shouldn't look like you fighting against people. And this has been a defining quality many times with religion and religious folk. And even in the past year, several years, our culture has taken note that there's been so much infighting and brawling, so to speak, by people who profess to be followers of Jesus. But a caring church shouldn't look like you fighting against people. It should look like us fighting for people. That's what we do. So who are you fighting for? And what does it look like? I'm so glad that you asked today Paul actually begins to break down, and he gives us four things, but only today I'm only going to talk about two. I'm only going to hit us with two things today because I think they're the most pertinent to us as the body of Christ in, the, in Western communities and us as High Point Church. In Galatians 6, verse 1, Paul talks about, he's breaking down now what it looks like to love each other with humility to love your neighbor as yourself. And so he, he begins this kind of a longer passage and he's actually explaining what that looks like. He says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, 
You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. What does it look like to fight for people? Not fight with people, but to fight for them, to care for them. Well, it looks like helping restore someone who is stuck in sin. See, there's a tendency right now, or not even right now, historically, many times, is it not easy to, to find yourself frustrated and actually angry at people who are stuck or, or struggling in sin? And the longer you're a Christian, and the longer you're in kind of the church world and church circles, this tendency and proclivity can, can happen. And it's not just in the church, it's everywhere, right? As you just get older, is there not this tendency to kind of become almost crotchety, just get off the get off my lawn, you know, the, 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 the Scrooge McDuck Christian that's just kind of grouchy. You know, they, they don't make them like they used to, do they? You know, well, that's not music. This is my generation had music. That's not, those aren't good movies. This is a good movie. You know, we, we look at everything, right, that's not how we did it, and, and it becomes this kind of angry, almost just, you know, indifference. And the same thing happens as we're living our lives and, and, and find ourselves with peers and people. and Yes, people that you go to church with getting stuck in sin. They get trapped. And the Bible says, the, the, the Paul reminds the church that to love each other well is to engage in relationship with one another with a spirit of gentleness that you might restore that person, that brother or sister to the body, to the community, to, to a place of renewed and restored faith. Rather than ignoring them, rather than being angry with them, rather than complaining and griping about it, or as so, as so often is the case, rather than just ignoring it. Is this not one of the tendencies that we have in the church? Like we all come and we attend a service together and we know each other and men in particular are great at this. We, our relationships stay surface level. We can talk about Marvel and movies and sports and we can kind of talk about things that matter but don't really matter and we never get into the root issues and yet people see. They know that you're going through stuff and no one takes the courage. No one takes the time to engage in relationship enough to have a hard conversation. Just because it's hard doesn't mean that you can't be gentle, right? Difficult conversation, you can still have it with gentleness. And so rather than complaining and rather than being passive and indifferent, we have to be the kind of people who care enough to fight for one another. And that means that you're going to be around people who are trapped and stuck in their sin. And the only freedom that they're going to get other than the miraculous spirit of God doing something in their life is you stepping in and helping them. Um, I, had, I had a friend in St. Louis whose grandparents were in Texas. And one summer I went and stayed with him for a week or two. I can't remember how long. But his, his grandfather had this big ranch, right? Like hundreds of acres, 
four-wheeler, like all the things that you could think of. If you watch the show Yellowstone, it was like that, right? Just miles, right, of land. And his grandpa was a tough guy. Kind of your picture of a cowboy, right? Just leathery skin, tall, big, you know, and, and you know, he would, he's doing all the things, clearing land, getting animals off the land that aren't supposed to be there. We're with him on one particular day, and he's checking these traps out in the woods, bear traps. And we're walking, you know, in front of him, and all of a sudden we hear a snap, and he's yelling. And I kid you not, if that bear trap did not clamp down over his arm as he was checking it, and this man stands up with a bear trap on his arm, you know, <laughs> not joking, and it's on camera, it's on video, right? You can see this. And we run over there, and we're, we're too young to really be of help. Okay, it, we would have made this worse. But imagine a trap, right? How do you get that thing off? You just start shaking a bear trap off of your arm? No, I don't think that's going to be the best way to get this thing off, right? It, it, it's, it's claws are dug down into the flesh. You have to be careful with gently, right? You're, you're, you're prying this thing open so you can get free. And the picture here that we have of people stuck in sin is that of being in a trap. And the only way to do this well is with gentleness, right? In relationship, helping to pry this thing open and walking with people that they might experience freedom. How do you experience that? By people fighting for one another, by caring for one another, not being so spiritually indifferent that we just load up the beat-up box fan in the back of the trunk and don't care about, the, you know, about how we love one another and serve one another. Hope that makes sense today. The church is called to be a place where you receive care and you offer it. I want to say this to you today also, and I'll, I'll transition into our next point in just a second. I can struggle with this. I don't struggle with caring. I struggle with, with how to do it at times. And I'm a pastor, right? I, I, like, I, I realize and recognize this can be challenging at times. And the only thing that I can really encourage you to do in this moment is to initiate restorative relationship. Meaning, my tendency is to wait for someone to call if it's broken. My tendency is to wait and to just give people all the room that they need, and if they need something, they'll reach out. And hear me, there's, there's a measure of that, that, that that's true, but the overwhelming majority of people need someone else to initiate a coffee, a conversation, a moment of engagement. If you're waiting for everyone else to come to you to, sell, to tell you that, that they're in need or that they're stuck, many times you'll never find yourself in moments of ministry because most people aren't going to do that. They need a friend. They need someone in their church, in their community, 
part of their tribe to initiate relationship in this moment. Got to go for it. I can't break it down for you and all the different things you need, you know, do this, do that, do that. No, it's going to be messy. Ministry is messy. The church is messy. Loving people like Christ is actually messy. It's not clean. People got all kinds of stuff going on. Me too. I need people to love me well also. I hope that makes sense to you. Initiate these moments. Initiate uh, restoration. This is caring. Uh, Verse 2, chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, sorry. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to somebody else. For each one should carry their own load. What does it look like to fight for other people? Well, it looks like you know engaging in restorative relationships. People that are stuck in sin. That's caring, helping people who are stuck. Caring is also helping to carry each other's burdens. And what happens as we look at burden carrying, and and you see Paul, he's talking about kind of the comparative tendency that we have. Don't you look at people that are going through stuff or having a hard time, and many times you think to yourself, well, I did that. If I made it through that, they can make it through that. Right? We we compare, we, we size up, and sometimes we don't engage in helping Because it's like, well, if it was hard for me, it should be hard for you. Rather than actually doing the opposite, right? And helping to carry each other's burdens. And by the way, we also, we we evaluate our own sense of strength and how well we've made it through a season, oftentimes very poorly. We're not the best mirror to ourselves. But Paul says, man, we need to carry each other's burdens. And then he, at the end of this verse, he says, by the way, also, you have to carry your own load. He talks about you and me carrying each other's burdens, but that you're responsible for carrying your own load, meaning there's a difference between a burden and a load. And more often than not, we look at other people's burdens and we treat them like a load. And people who are carrying their load, oftentimes treat it like it's a burden. We flip-flop it. In other words, like you've got... a child who has homework, and that child has enough homework that it means that they can't play video games today. And that's hard for them. This is a real-life scenario. Oh, and the temper flares and, you know, all the things. And it just, this day couldn't get any worse. You know what that is? That's, that's you carrying a load. And you know what? You can carry that. That is not a burden. That is a load. Oh, you struggle with getting up to your alarm? I'm sorry. I, I am sorry that that's hard for you, but you can handle it. You've got this. You can do it. That's your load, right? You're having some friction at work with with employees or with, you know, a boss or things like that. Okay, that's life. Not saying it's great, but that's load. You can carry that. But then there's burdens. 
right? The, the burden of that same child coming home and saying, Dad, Mom, I, I don't really have any friends. That's not a load. That's a, that's a weight. That's a burden upon the soul and upon the heart. It's, it's your friend. It's the person at church next to you who has lost a loved one. And they're carrying pain in their heart. Pain of loss and hurt. You have people who are, who are giving time and energy to care for other people, a family member, a mom or a dad, right? And it's exhausting. They're, they're tired from it. And it feels like a burden. I'm not saying the family member's a burden, but the emotional, the emotional weight is burdensome. Well, what do you do in that moment? Well, Paul reminds us that a, a church that's fighting for one another, fights to help carry each other's burdens. Not their loads, their burdens. Meaning that the sometimes physical load, literally physical load at times, you know? Maybe somebody lost that job, right? And they don't know how they're going to be able to put food on the table, right? That's a, that is a burden. And the church can and should, as in you, should step into this scenario and help carry that burden, right? It's looking somebody in the eyes and acknowledging the hardship that they're going through and looking at them and, and being able to say, you know what? I don't have all the answers, but I'm with you. I'm not going anywhere. My door is open. Let's get coffee. Let me let me, figuratively speaking, help carry some of this load with you to carry your burden. That's what it looks like to fight for people, to care enough to do something, to care enough, right, to call when somebody hasn't been around that you that used to be around for a while, to send a text message, to simply not be indifferent or passive to the people that are a part of your church family. Were they there, but now they're not? Engage, step in, initiate, see what's going on. And if there's a burden to carry, help carry that burden. If there's somebody stuck in sin, be gentle and courageous enough to step in and help them get free. This is what it means to care for one another. And this is what it looks like to fight for people. This is what we're called to do. This is who we are and what it looks like to build God's church upon the rock, Jesus Christ. So here's what I'm asking you to do today. This is ministry online, which makes this a little bit unique. We don't see, like we can't even follow up with people who are viewing and watching. We don't have access to that information. It streams through YouTube. So as you're watching, you might be somebody who has a burden, right, that, that you're struggling to carry. But we don't have the ability to initiate in this moment because it's digital and it's online which means I'm flipping the script, uh, literally. Everything I'm saying, I'm now flipping for just a moment. 
in that you'll have to take that first step online so that we are at least aware. And so here's what I'm asking you to do today before we pray. That if you find yourself stuck, if you find yourself just not growing, isolated, not in community, if you find yourself carrying a burden that's too great, we want to be there with you and for you. And so I'm asking for you to step out, to, to, to literally drop a comment in the YouTube chat here, or to send a private message. And one of the best ways to do that would be through Facebook, our church's Facebook page, a private message sent to the church. And you can even email us right here at admin at highpointatl.church. Admin at highpointatl.church. And somebody will reach out to you because we want to be a church that cares. Father, we thank you in this moment uh, that you called us to care and to fight for one another because you care and fight for us. You did the greatest fighting by fighting the enemy of Satan and our sin by sending Jesus to do what only he could do. And that's take our sin upon the cross. Lord, and reign victorious in three days as he stepped out of the grave. Lord, we love you. We worship you. We thank you for this time together. Help us to be a church that loves and cares and fights for one another. Amen. Great to be here with you today. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being part of it. And we'll see you right here next week. And if you need ministry of any kind, please don't hesitate to leave a comment, send an email, or send a message through Facebook. Talk to you soon.